Today is November 27th, 2019. If you're a frequent listener of this podcast, you know by now that every other episode I've done up to this point has had an intro, and then I roll some music, and then we jump in to the the discussion that I have for that day. But today, I feel like just jumping right into it. So here's a question for us to think about. Have you ever noticed that when you feel like you're making some progress in your life, that you start to face tougher opposition? Anyone? I already know the answer is yes. Because I've had this conversation with many of my friends over the years, and it just seems like it is a recurring thing that anytime we feel like we start to get things in order and make consistent decisions that are positive and and good for us, that all of a sudden we start facing some serious pushback. And sometimes it's like this pushback comes out of nowhere, like totally takes us by you know off guard and we're just confused. But other times I think that it comes from areas in our life that we've neglected. And because we've neglected and overlooked these areas, although we're cleaning things up over here and making things better in other areas, those things start to become uncovered. Well, right now, I feel like I'm making some positive progress in life. And without getting into specifics at this point, I've just been making more consistent decisions that are really helpful and that are setting me up to continue to just better myself and become the person that I want to be. Of course, yes, there are some areas and personal projects that are being overlooked at the moment, but for the most part, I'm doing pretty good. Where do you fall right now in in your life? Are you facing a lot of trials and feeling like you're kind of in a valley? Or are you ascending up a peak and you're kind of feeling like things are going well and you're getting things together and you're, you know, not missing out on the moments that you're meant to find meaning and happiness. We kind of go through these cycles where we're, it's sort of up and down, up and down. And I wonder today, where do you find yourself? For me, I'm kind of making my way up a bit of a hill and things are looking a little bit better every day. But the thing is, because of the positive actions that I've been taking recently, I have been feeling like there are more frustrating situations that have been popping up. I'm feeling like there's more opposition. There's more roadblocks. There's these things that are happening that could cause me to feel frustrated. And an example of one of those situations is my car. Okay, because my car right now, it ain't in good shape. (laughs) I mean, you you probably couldn't tell by looking at it from the outside. It looks fine, but there's some things going on that I'm going to tell you about. So one of the major areas that I've actually been 
particularly particularly excited about making improvements and making progress in is my debt. That is something that impacts many of us. We have some debt and we constantly feel like our paychecks that come in are just being given right back to all of these areas that we need to continue to pay for. And for me, I finally got over the hump in two big areas and I paid off my student loans. That's right. Very excited about that. And then right after that, I paid off my entire car loan. These are two pretty big moments. It's exciting to be able to say that I don't have to pay any student or car loans anymore. They're done. Both paid off. But here's the thing. My car loan was around $300 a month, and I paid that $300 for a month for the last five years. And during that time, I haven't had any major issues or expensive repairs. Of course, there's the normal things that we keep up with and a couple surprises, but nothing major. So here I am, I pay off my car, so excited about it. I finally own it. They mail me the title. That feels great. Like this thing is is mine now. Um, and then all of a sudden, as soon as I get it all paid off and the title's in hand and I no longer have to pay those monthly payments, what happens? I find out that there's something going on my, all the lights on my dash freak out on me while driving down 295 on my way to work. Scares scares me. Like, what is going on? The car is just, the RPMs are revving and I'm confused and scared and sad. And long story short, I have to take the car over to the guy who does my car stuff. And uh, I find out that there's some major fixes that need to be done. And in one day, I spend four and a half months worth of payments in order to get this problem taken care of. Like, come on, man. Why does this happen? I I know that this is like a thing too, that it's happened to many people over the years. It's a very common thing that you finally get your car paid off and that's when everything falls apart. Well, yeah, it happened to me. Come on, four and a half months worth of monthly payments just gone, charged to the credit card and I get the problem taken care of. What's funny too is that, you know, I have to take it back again for additional repairs to my brakes. <laughs> the The car came back and it, it was running great. He fixed the problem. Thank you. But then all of a sudden, like a week later, my brake pads, I think, are just non-existent anymore, making a terrible noise. I think the brake caliber is like getting stuck at times because I'm, I'm in you know, didn't drive and I got my foot on the gas and it's still making this scary sounding noise. It's not good, people. It's not good, but it's okay. It's okay. Because I've come to realize that there are certain things in life that you just can't allow to get you down. You know, 
this whole thing with my car happened and is currently happening. I need to, I'm going to be taking it today or right after Thanksgiving to get it fixed. But along with that, there's been a lot of other stress, uh, stress. There's been a lot of other stress from work and um, some stress from home. You know, Quinn, our eight month old, she's just teething so much. So sleeping has been really rough. This week's been not the best when it comes to sleeping and other responsibilities. It just seems like everything can pile on all at once, even when things are really going good, especially when things are going good is when these sort of things start to pile up and it's, it's not easy, but here's the thing. Here's the, the, the whole lesson for this episode. You know, I've been able to stay fairly peaceful and calm through this time of stress and potential frustration. I mean, yes, of course, <laughs> talk to my wife, Julie, and she'll tell you that it hasn't been easy every day. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I'm feeling all right about all of this, and I'm still going about my day feeling present and trying to bring my positive perspective into every situation and just trying to, you know, seek out that meaning and that life in each and every moment. And and it's been good. Things are fine. And I know what needs to be done with my car to get it fixed. And I know what needs to be done at work to get things moving. And I know what needs to be done here at home to support Julie and Quim. I understand uh, the perspective that I need to have to not let this stuff bother me or drag me down so that I can continue to make progress in the way that I'm currently doing so. Um, and, you know, there are so many different ways to stay present and calm and focused. And one of the most useful practices for me is to think about these things. And they are the fact that as an individual human being, we are so, so, so tiny. And the earth is so, so huge. There are billions of people, billions of individual people who have their own story and their own life going on. Man, there are people who you can't communicate with. There's billions of people that you can't even have a conversation with because they just speak a different language. They live in a different country, a different part of this earth. They, they don't know anything about you. You don't know anything about them. It's the fact that no one else is as upset about the stuff going on in your life as you are. So why not just release the frustration? Don't let it linger. Don't let it fester inside you until you freak out and you have a moment of, you know, just panic. You can just let that stuff go and be peaceful. You need to well, I'm not going to tell you what you need to do, but what I need to do is continue to have that bigger perspective about what is going on here in, in this world, in this reality, in this experience of consciousness, what's happening here rather than just the life situation that I'm facing, you know, life is always good. It's in each and every one of us. And sometimes we forget that 
we are that life and we aren't the life situations that we face. Now, of course, those things are supposed to be used to have us learn and grow and experience other things. I, I mean, the, what we go through is important, but when we allow frustrating situations or opposition to stop our progress, we're really letting that stuff win when we're in control and don't have to allow it to win. We can just surrender the things that we faced. The fact that our brakes on our car are just falling apart and every day I feel like I could potentially lose my life. I'm kidding. No, it hasn't. It has not been that bad. It's just a noise that I know needs to be taken care of. But I've allowed myself to just release that and just be peaceful and also just turn the music up louder so you don't hear it in the car. <laughs> Again, no, I'm kidding. Hey, there, there's this great moment in one of my favorite books, which is called Tuesdays with Maury. I actually, I meant to bring it downstairs with me so I could just read you the passage, but I forgot. Um, so I, I, I think that if you haven't read this book, you should absolutely read it. It's called Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album, or Album, and it's in a great book. I love all of his books. He's a writer that uh, I, I really can relate to, and I love his stories and the, the deep, meaningful topics that he talks about. Um, he's just a great author and someone who I really look up to as, as an author and as a writer, and I, I love this book specifically. There's this great moment um, where he talks about what it was like for his old college professor, Maury, um, what it was like for him when he left the doctors after finding out that he had ALS. So he hears this really tough news and the fact that he you know, probably has less than two years to live. And what Maury told Mitch was that you know when he left the doctors and his whole entire world had been flipped upside down, he was so surprised at how everything in the world was happening just like normal. No one knew about the bad news that Maury just got. No one knew about his condition. And for the most part, no one would ever find out about it you know, these strangers walking by him, they would never learn about it. So it had no impact on them in that moment. They were living out their own story. Life just continues. It, it moves on. And I don't think I need to go into all of the overused cliches about it. It's just the truth about life. And I feel like some of us need to remember that today but it really needs to be presented and framed with the mindset that because life goes on and you know strangers aren't going to stop what they're doing in order to see or learn about what is happening in your life that doesn't mean you need to have a cynical view of the world that like no one cares about you because you have plenty of people who really, truly care about you, who honestly are counting on you. 
I think it's so important and I'm going to talk about it in other episodes. Like people are counting on you. Okay. If you don't think that they are, you need to understand that you are playing a very extremely important role in other people's lives that you, you need to wake up to. And it, I do too. I'm saying this to myself. Like we can't go through life just pretending like we're unimportant because we are very important. And as soon as we can understand that and start to make the right decisions and take the necessary action to impact people the way we're called to do. I forget how the beginning of that sentence started, but it's true in, 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 in my life and in my experience so far that I often forget about how important what I do is and how each and every one of us are called to be leaders in certain areas. So we need to understand that and we are important. But the thing is that we're important to uh, a circle and sometimes our circle is huge. Sometimes we have influence over a large group of people. But for the most part, most of us go through life having influence over a smaller group. And that doesn't mean that it's less important. So when I say that, you know, when when you hear about or you're dealing with something that's frustrating or even when you're celebrating something great and, and that strangers aren't going to celebrate or mourn with you, I'm not saying that it doesn't mean that they aren't important things or that, you know, you aren't seen because you are by the people who are important in your life. But for the most part, life is just going to keep moving on, right? Through the good moments and the bad moments, through the joyous and celebratory moments and the disappointing, hurtful moments, life just continues. And unless you have a time machine, we're all headed in the same direction, okay? This planet, this universe, our lives, we're all moving forward. And it's important for for me to remember that and have that 30,000 foot perspective on life that like sometimes you need to zoom out and stop being so focused on what's going on in your head and in your life situation. You know, I once had my own moment similar to this Tuesdays with Maury lesson, this moment where I realized that when things happen in our lives that seem like everything should shut down and everything should like change and never be the same because something has happened. And then we realize that that's not the case, that life just moves on. It's a really big lesson. And I've had a few of these growing up and I, I'm going to share more of them as I go deeper into this podcast. And some of the stuff is harder to talk about than others. But one story that I wanted to share today because it actually relates to my car is a a story that back in 2014, I spent a year working at a homeless shelter in Camden, New Jersey. And I learned many lessons. Uh, In 2014, I was 24. And I, I had plenty of life experience up to that point, I had graduated 
from college, which I'm not saying is like a, a big uh, life experience. I'm just saying that there had been uh, many years, 24 years of growth and, um, you know, post high school at five plus, you know, six years of learning and growing and becoming a man to prepare me for situations and encounters like those that I would have at this job. But unfortunately, I found myself, well, I didn't find myself because I was completely lost, but I was, I was just going through a stage of life where I felt insecure and unconfident and lost. And, you know, I would have good conversations and interactions with some of the guests and my coworkers, but I didn't really feel comfortable opening up or being myself or connecting in a more meaningful way. And one story that I'll always hold on to is a relationship that I had built with one of the guests there. And I, I won't give his full name, but he was just someone who really, I didn't understand why he was at a homeless shelter. He didn't really fit the criteria of many of the other people that would come and spend the nights there. You know, he wore decent clothing and his shoes were in good shape. You know, he wore like Jordans, I think. And he was just personable and he was always wanting to help out. And it just seemed to me like he could be working somewhere like very easily. But I just wasn't mature enough at that time to talk to him about that stuff. Maybe about some of the things going on in his life and why he was living the way he was. And I also wasn't mature enough to understand that sometimes people go through situations that they get cast out from those who are meant to care about them. Or sometimes they cast themselves out. But during the morning shifts, which were from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., we would finish the shift by mopping the floors and cleaning the bathrooms, organizing all the cots, just getting everything set up for the next night. And he was always willing to stay after and help out. And even though he wasn't getting anything for it, he wasn't getting paid for it, he would hang out there and, and we would clean up and, and make the place, like I said, just prepared for the next day. And because of this, him and I became somewhat friendly and he was one of the people that I really felt like I could trust there, you know, and I was able to open up to and, and talk about my life to. And he was interested. He was interested. He wanted to know more about me. And he was just a kind, nice person. And at the time, I was driving a green Chevy Cavalier, which was my grandmother's car that had been graciously given to me. And I was so thankful to have. Um, but I, I, I liked that car. It was a great car, four doors. It ran well, you know, it was reliable, but it wasn't exactly like a cool looking ride, which again, whatever, who cares what your car looks like at that stage in life. But I made a decision that I wanted something new. So I, I went out and, and started looking for, for new cars. And during this time, I was talking to that friend at the homeless shelter. Um, and he had talked to me at one point about the, the, the um, Chevy Cavalier. And he was just asking me questions. It was, you know, it was pretty like not bright green, but it was like a green that was like a noticeable car. I think you mentioned something about that. And, and we talked for a little while. I told him that it was my grandmother's and, you know, he, he really helped me realize that how lucky and fortunate I was to have been given that car. And he's a hundred percent right. And it, I'm glad that he 
could share that with me. But after a little while working there, you know, like I said, I made a decision to sell that car and buy a new one. I knew I wanted something nicer and newer. Um, I don't know if it was the best financial decision, but again, there's no regrets. And I find myself here five years later and, you know, I'm glad that I made the decision that I made. So I sold the Chevy for something like three grand and I took that and some savings and I purchased an Acura TSX. And when I bought the Acura, I was really excited about it, but I didn't really fully understand the amount of guilt that I would feel driving up to a homeless shelter, you know, at every night in a new car. And it wasn't like brand new. I bought it in 2014. It was, but it was like a 2010 and, and it looked nicer and newer. And all of my insecurities were just running wild for the next months because of this. And that first day that I drove up with the new car, I was excited to show it to my my friend because I knew he would be happy and excited for me. I knew he was someone who wouldn't judge me or, you know, give me dirty looks or make me feel uncomfortable. He was somebody who would be really excited about seeing it. And in fact, I told him that I had bought it because the night before when I bought it, I drove my wife's car to work because she took the, the newer car back home. I don't know why we did that, but we did. And he's like, oh, what, what, is this a new car? And I said, no, this is my wife's car. But tomorrow morning, I'm actually bringing a new car because I just bought one. And he was psyched for me. Well, I had worked the night before and you know, I drove my wife's car and he, he talked about it. But when I showed up the next morning for the morning shift at 6 a.m., um, I, I remember this moment or this morning really specifically because there was this beautiful sunrise and the, the sky was so pink and there were those like kind of dark gray clouds, like those streaky clouds, kind of like puffy and this pink sky just like was shining so, so bright. And I think it was like a February morning. Actually, I think it was March and Man, um, I, I drove up in the new car. I actually got out and like took pictures of the sky and of my car with it. And I, I still have those pictures and think back to this day. Uh, so I, I pull up and I take the pictures and I go inside and, and most of the guests are still asleep. It's six in the morning, right? So I do my normal check-in and I do my prep routine and I get the kitchen help, you know, get them set up and prepared you know, and I get the cleaning materials that we're going to need. And at one point around 7.30, you know, there's a small commotion happening in the common sleeping area. So I, I walk over and I can see that my shift manager is leaning over one of the cots and that there's someone lying on it. And he calls out for someone to come over there and help him. So I, I run over and when I got closer, I realized that it was my friend. It was the guy that I was really looking forward to seeing that morning. And he was lying motionless on, on the cot and his face didn't look like he was sleeping. It was pretty pale and, and lifeless. And my manager told me to grab his legs and his feet and, and he got behind him and grabbed his head and shoulders and 
we lowered him down onto the floor and I could just feel that his body was stiff. And when we got him to the floor, I, I helped move some of the cots away from the area and I asked some guests to, to move their things. You know, people were literally still sleeping around us. They were just, and some of them were just starting their day. And the manager had started to try CPR and I kind of just stepped back because um, it was pretty clear that it wasn't working. And someone had called 911. And uh, after a little while, paramedics arrived and quickly announced that that he was dead. And by this time, the the common sleeping area had been cleared out. Um, people had gotten their breakfast, and some people had already left because it was getting closer to 9 a.m., and that's when uh, everyone had to be out. And I just remember the black minivan of the corner uh, pulling in, and there were cop cars out front, and it just didn't seem real. Because as I looked around at all the other guests, I mean, there was only a few that were a part of this situation. You know, obviously everyone working there, um, me and any of the other staff were part of this situation. We were ha handling and doing what we could, which for, for me at that moment was really just to stand there in disbelief and um, do whatever I was asked, which was mainly just helping people clean up their stuff and get out. Um, for the most part, all the other guests were just going about their morning. Like, you know, they, I'm not going to say they didn't notice what happened. Of course they noticed what happened, but it didn't impact them. You know, this, this guy, someone who I considered to be a friend in, in a way who I had just talked to, like literally the night before we had just talked and we laughed and we were, and, and, and enjoying each other's conversations and we made plans for the next day. I told him I was coming back with the car and that he was excited to see it. And he was he was dead. And he was surrounded by people that could only be considered his acquaintances. His final night, his last breaths were inside this homeless shelter and I just didn't understand what what was going on but as I looked around me what I did understand is that life just keeps going it doesn't stop for things like this it it just keeps going and it's taken me a long time to come to the conclusion that that's okay. That that's the way it's meant to be. You know, we don't know how many miles we have left in life. We don't know how many more years, how many more times we're going to get to see that person or interact with them. 
you know, that morning was really eye-opening. And I don't, I don't know all the details, but reportedly uh, he had a heart condition. And at the time he was going unmedicated. And unfortunately he passed away in his sleep on a cot in a Camden homeless shelter. And what struck me as one of the most powerful memories from that experience was, was not just the fact that life went on for the rest of us that day and we opened up that, that night and just went about our normal routine, like nothing stopped. But another thing that really stuck with me was that a few weeks later, me, or I guess a week or a week later, me and some of the other staff and a couple of the guests loaded into a van and we went to his funeral. And it was about 30 minutes away in South Jersey. And I'll never forget how confused and blown away I was by all of the friends and family that were there. Like the whole funeral home was filled with people. He had children. He had like teenage children. He had so many cousins and aunts, uncles. He had family. You know, our, our little crew that drove down there, we had to like squish into one of the corners against the wall in the back of the room. And I just kept looking around and wondering why. Why was this guy living on the streets of Camden and spending his nights at a homeless shelter for the past several months? When he had this many friends and family 30 minutes away. Children, siblings, cousins, aunts, uncles, many other family members that obviously in in the way that this whole day went, they obviously loved him and cried for him and spoke highly of him. And it just didn't make any sense to me. But again, at the maturity level that I was at and my understanding of the world, you know, it it doesn't always make sense. He might have chosen that for himself. He may be disconnected for for whatever reasons. But looking back, I realized that, you know, I don't know what caused him to live in that situation, right? But he was he was a great guy in my interactions with him. He was funny, helpful, and inventive. He would come up with ways to clean the the uh, the common area, like way faster than I ever would have thought of. And he would like direct me and tell me what to do. And, and he was just a good person in, in my interactions with him. And he cared for, for me. I could tell that and for our relationship in a way that always stuck with me. And it's like, he could see that I was a bit uncomfortable, right? Being young and the only white dude who worked there, this, this dude from the suburbs at a homeless shelter in one of the toughest cities in America. Like, I definitely stood out. But he always made me feel welcomed and able to be myself in an environment that I wasn't really used to. And for me, just realizing that, you know, life doesn't stop for us, for our situations, for our frustrations, for the things that stress us out, for all these things that pop up, this opposition that is working against us. Life isn't going to stop and and you know pat you on the shoulder unless you really seek out people who are going to help you get through it. And 
I think that's an important part is like knowing that you need to seek out people who are going to help you get through it and not just let you soak in, in your sorrow. You need to have people around you who are going to support you. And looking back at the five years since that happened, you know, my life has just kept going. But with this proper reflection and really a deeper spiritual connection that's kind of called me out deeper into the unknown in order to live out my purpose, I can feel the weight of that lesson more and more each day. And it's not heavy on my shoulders, but it's there in my chest, in my heart, just knowing that my days are numbered and that when I put my hand on my chest, I feel my heart beating and that it it goes on beating without me even thinking about it. But it's up to me to think about that one day it's not going to continue. And that if there's something I need to do or say, I need to do it right away. I need to make it a priority to get it done. We can't just expect that tomorrow will come. And we also can't expect that when bad things happen to us or things annoy us or we deal with situations that we wish we didn't have to deal with, that the world isn't going to stop and the world doesn't revolve around you and that those things, they just need to be handled. And that the more you the more you allow them to, to bother you rather than looking at the opportunity that you have to, to shift your perspective and find some positive in it or find a, a lesson in it or find ways to connect deeper with other people because of it. The sooner that we can really do that, we start to find this this maturity that's waiting for us this new, this next level this new and better and stronger self that we're being called to so that's one of my goals live every single day not only thinking that it's my last but also having the perspective that no matter what happens Life just keeps going. And that's okay. In fact, that's the way it's meant to be. And we can't change it. But you have to embrace it. I appreciate you spending some time with me today. I love getting to share stories. And uh, use this time together to really reflect on what's happened in my life and hope that in some ways by sharing this, it can be helpful and relatable and that you walk away feeling like you're a little bit more prepared for your day or maybe at least you have a better understanding of, of me. I love you and I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. And really enjoy that time that you have with your family. Take a lot of pictures. You know, make those memories. Don't be so caught up in what's going on in your head and in your life situation. Just be there and understand that millions and millions of other families are gathering with their families in houses just next door to you. 
that we're all part of this big story that there are families that are have never even heard of thanksgiving that are on other parts of this planet just living out their life and they're one shot at this it's a beautiful thing and we're meant to enjoy it and find meaning in it and i hope that's what i can do and i hope that you'll come along with this journey with me i love you have a great day happy thanksgiving i'll see you on friday Hey, one last thing. If you like this episode and are looking forward to new episodes of this series, I encourage you to leave a review and subscribe to this show. I'm no social media guru, but I think that's how more people are going to have a chance to hear it. Thanks again. Have a great day.